It will be no surprise to any of you that I like to watch uh, war movies with epic battle scenes. And today, as we continue in our message series, The Supernatural Normal, I want to tell you about a scene from 12 Strong, a, a movie that came out just a couple of years ago. And I want to thank Lucas, who, uh, I, as I was telling him about this week's message, uh, he saw a story in a devotional that he was reading that he thought would fit me and the message, in, and it does. 12 Strong tells the uh, true story, uh, really uh, the incredible story of 12 American Green Berets who are inserted covertly into the mountains of Afghanistan. This is shortly after the 9-11 attack on the U.S. And what makes this movie so epic is that it is based on actual events, that as you watch them unfold, they, they just blow your mind. The team is led by a fictional U.S. Army Captain Mitch Nelson, whose character is based on Captain Mark Nutch. And Nutch claims that the movie is actually fairly accurate, not without exaggeration here and there, but mostly accurate. As the story goes, Captain Mitch Nelson agrees to join forces with a local Afghan warlord who promises to get the Americans within striking range of the terrorists. The tension, though, is thick right from the beginning as to whether these American soldiers can actually trust this warlord and his band of soldiers. You see, there was a price on the head of each of these Americans from the moment they landed in Afghanistan. And the concern was the shifting allegiances of the warlord and his men, who sometimes appeared to be no more than mercenaries out for the best buck they could make. And the crazy part is, they will have to travel by horseback in the mountains of Afghanistan as there is no other way to sneak up on Al-Qaeda. Using conventional vehicles and mountain passes just wasn't an option. There is this particularly epic, gripping scene when the soldiers charge onto the battleground against machine gun equipped pickup trucks and even full-blown tanks. The Americans had only the guns and the grenades they carried with them. They were no match for the battle they were going into. That would have just ended the story. But they also had a laser pointer and a satellite phone. With these two pieces of equipment, they were able to call for fire to rain down from the sky. Fire to rain down from the sky. Hear me. It wasn't what they brought into the battle that made them dangerous, but rather who was on the other end of the phone namely the power of the American military, perhaps the most powerful military in the history of mankind. They made that call to the power above, and then next you see B-52 bombers circling overhead. Now all the soldiers had to do was mark the target with their lasers and give the command over the phone. Truth is, it's not what you bring into the battle that makes you dangerous. Rather, it's the power that you access from above. Listen to what the writer of the 107th Psalm says. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. They prayed. They made that sad call, and God answered. They sent a plea for help from above, and God rained down peace. He, he defeated their enemies, and he brought them to an awesome place, a place where they flourished. Wouldn't you like to make that call and 
experience God miraculously calm in the storms in your life and giving you victory in the battles that you are facing right now? Wouldn't you like to experience power from on high at work in your life and, and in your family's life, maybe even with those you work with? Pretty much everyone I know is fascinated by power. It might be a guy thing, but I don't think it's restricted to guys. We love loud fireworks, fast cars, Harley-Davidson motorcycles, and more than a few of us in this church love high-powered weaponry. Throw in a little tannerite, and, and we're having fun. And hey, we all want more power packed into our cell phones. Friends, we just love power. And truth be told, we also yearn for the power to change, the, the power to live life better, the, the power that would help us to live and love well. And we yearn for a power to make a difference so that our lives would be more than a cog in some oil sands operation or wherever you work. Most of us really do want to make a difference in the life of someone else. We yearn for the power to change personally, and we yearn for the power to make a difference, to see our lives have meaning. But where does the power come from? During Jesus' days on earth, Jesus would say time and time again things like, soon I'm going to leave this planet and, and I'm going to return to my Father in heaven when my work here on earth is done. And then he would add, someone is coming after me and, and he's going to do greater things than I've ever done. And he's going to be available to each one of you personally in ways that I have not been able to while physically here on earth. He will come into your life and empower you and strengthen you and guide you. He will lead you into a better way of living so that you can experience life to the full. And then he will use you to make a difference in the lives of so many other people. He will give your life purpose. The, the Holy Spirit will do all of that. And after his death and just before he ascended back to the Father, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So where does the power come from? The power comes from the Holy Spirit. We need to seek God for the filling of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he paints an interesting picture of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When it comes to wine and alcohol, Paul is just stating the obvious. If you drink too much wine, you're going to do stupid things. Paul's not condemning the consumption of alcohol, but he is stating real strongly what we all know. Getting drunk leads to a lot of mess. People do stupid things. Getting addicted to alcohol and letting it become a bondage destroys your life. And all of you who've been in bondage to alcohol, you, you know what that's all about. And you are so thankful for groups like AA that pointed you to a higher power to Jesus to help you get out of that bondage. I mean, we have many, many in our church family who've been powerfully delivered from the bondage of alcohol by Jesus. It's, it's awesome. Now, opposite to being in bondage to alcohol or gripped by anything else that is destructive is to be filled, empowered, set free by the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to receive power to live well, to overcome addictions. It is power to live better. 
To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to see your life take on a new purpose so that wherever you are, uh, wherever you work, you become the arms and legs of Jesus. You are not simply a cog in some oil sands operation or wherever you might work, because where you work, Jesus has a purpose for you. And part of that purpose is to push back against the mess this world is in, the mess that people get caught in. And that's why the Holy Spirit makes you dangerous in a good way. You become dangerous to the evil that resides in this world. You become dangerous to the evil that messes up people's lives. Remember, it's not what you bring to the battle that makes you dangerous. Rather, it's the power you access from above. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you dangerous in a really good way as he uses you to bring hope, healing, peace, and love to others. And again, this includes where you work. God empowers you to help others overcome the darkness, whatever that might be that they're struggling with. Wherever you work, whether you're working online or in person, God has you there for a purpose. And wherever you work, you have power from above to serve that purpose. Friends, living a life that is truly the way that it should be, a life where there is peace at home, a life where you're flourishing at work, uh, a life where you experience joy, no matter what the people you are working with or hang out with are like, whatever circumstances you're up against, I get it. It's a struggle to get there. That's why we've been in the book of Acts these last few weeks. The whole book of Acts tells us that this transformation we yearn for is possible. The book of Acts tells us that this power that enables us to live and love well is available. In the first part of the book of Acts, the, the story focuses primarily on the apostle Peter. I really like Peter. He's got these amazingly good moments and these amazingly douche moments. He's a real human. He's full of flaws. And Jesus never gives up on him. Before Jesus was arrested and nailed to a cross, he told Peter that he would deny him three times. Peter, with all the passion he could muster, told Jesus that he would not. No, no way, not me, never. Now, to his credit, when, when Jesus was arrested, Peter is one of two disciples. The other one, I think, is John. Peter is one of two who had enough guts to follow at a distance and keep an eye on what was happening to Jesus after he was arrested. The rest of the disciples, man, they're nowhere to be found. Inside the courtyard of the high priest, where the first trial of Jesus is taking place, Peter is hanging around by a fire where a group of people are huddling to stay warm. But Peter becomes afraid. Afraid that they will know that he's a follower of Jesus and afraid that he too might get arrested and even die. Three times Peter is asked if he's a follower of Jesus. And three times, gripped by fear, he denies ever knowing Jesus. At one point, he just lets out a blue streak and just denies Jesus. Earlier, Peter had the guts to jump out of a boat onto a stormy lake and walk on water when Jesus asked him to come to him. But then, Peter got gripped by fear when he looked at the wind and the waves. He wasn't a swimmer, and fear just took him down. Friends, fear always does that. Fear takes us down. Jesus then reached out and saved Peter from drowning. You know, Peter could be brash one moment and then full of fear the next. But Jesus never gave up on Peter. And it's the same deal with you and me. It doesn't matter what you've done, what, what mess you're dealing with. Jesus won't give up on you either. Friends, I tell you from my own experience, Jesus is real. 
and when you blow it, he won't reject you. Instead, he grabs you by the hand, pulls you up out of the mess, if you will let him do that. So we get to the book of Acts, and Peter is with the disciples, and and they're kind of holding up in the upper room. Once again, fear has taken over, and all of the friends and disciples of Jesus are afraid that they're going to end up on a Roman cross just like Jesus. And the resurrected Jesus, he, he keeps turning up in this room, imparting peace to this fearful group. The very last time he turns up in this upper room, Jesus instructs his fearful disciples to wait until the Holy Spirit comes before they do anything. Truth be told, I don't think they had any plans on wandering far from this upper room. They are still immobilized by fear. And then the promised spirit comes. We call it the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, 50 days after Easter. The Holy Spirit comes with wind and fire and shakes the place where the disciples are huddled. And each disciple is personally filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all go from being fearful to full of faith, a bold, passionate faith. I mean, the change is absolutely dramatic. Peter, who has always let fear rob him of reaching his full potential, was powerfully transformed from fear to faith. And with faith, he becomes a bold preacher, calling people to follow Jesus. A huge crowd is gathered because of the commotion, the shaking of the Holy Spirit, or the shaking of the city when the Holy Spirit came. And when Peter preached his first message, like first message ever, over 3,000 people made a commitment to follow Jesus and to symbolize that commitment by being baptized. Only moments earlier, Peter was huddled fearfully with other disciples. He was an unschooled fisherman who hung out in a small group with Jesus. He had no preaching experience, but Peter became really dangerous that day with no fear as he let the power of God move through him to others. Why do I tell you the story of Peter? Simply because the same Holy Spirit that delivered Peter from his bondage to fear can deliver can deliver you from whatever's holding you back, um, whatever's holding you from being the person that God has designed you to be, made you to be. Like Peter, God wants to empower you to live gripped with a purpose as you live life to the full, just to be a little bit dangerous in a really good way. You want that, right? You, you want to overcome all the stuff that is in your life that's holding you back. You, you want to live life to the full, You want to live your life with purpose, with mission that is bigger than just you, even bigger than just you and your family. Now, for several weeks, we've been talking about the supernatural normal. Friends, you you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to experience this supernatural normal. You, You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to experience the healing you are looking for for the transformation you need to live life well and to live life with purpose. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to become just a little bit dangerous in a really good way. In a moment, I want to lead you in a prayer where you ask God to fill you with his Spirit, or for many of you, ask God to fill you again with his Spirit, because being filled with the Spirit is something that we need to ask for continually. We're human and we leak. We need to keep asking for the Spirit like we need to ask every day. And practically, there are a couple of things that we want to do as a church family. First is our 21 days of prayer that you've been hearing about. Starting Monday, we we want you to commit to spending a little bit of time every day praying with your church family. 
Everything you need is found at our church webpage. Just go to fortcitychurch.ca, click on 21 Days of Prayer, and you can download, download a, a prayer guide there. I think becoming part of 21 Days of Prayer and joining our Facebook group will help you establish the, the powerful, life-transforming habit of prayer and help you experience God through his Holy Spirit personally. And then tonight, Sunday night, uh, we're starting the prayer course here in person at the church at 7, and then we're offering the course online on Tuesday nights at 7. This is an awesome video course uh, based on the Lord's Prayer taught by Pete Gregg, a, a pastor from just outside of London, England. This course will give you the tools you need to encounter Jesus through prayer, the tools that you need to become just a little bit dangerous in a good way. Learning how to pray has got to be the most important thing a, a follower of Jesus can learn. I, I, I can't think of a more important thing that most of us at Fort City can do than to take this course that I think will really help us leap forward in our walk with Jesus. Powerful stuff, really. Jesus said this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. There is an evil presence in our world, in our city, and really in our lives. A thief who is at work robbing us of that life to the full, and not just robbing us of that life to the full, but, but destroying our very lives. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, wants us to push back that evil. He wants to raise up and train some green berets who will do damage to the work of the evil one. And friends, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we have that sat phone with a direct connection to heaven. We have that laser pointer that can identify the stuff that is wrong in our lives, our homes, our city, our world that needs to change the works of evil that, that need to be dealt with. As we ask the Spirit to fill us, and as we learn to pray, our lives and the lives we love can change for the better. The lives of those we work with can be healed and made whole. And, for, and friends, remember, it's not what you bring to the battle that makes you dangerous. Rather, it's the power you access from above. If you and me truly understood the resources, the tools, the, the power that is available to us through the Spirit, lives all around us would be transformed for the better. Our own lives would be transformed. Our, our homes where we work, this city, would become an even better place to live and work. So will you choose to be filled with the Spirit and learn how to use that sat phone called prayer that God has given you? I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to take this prayer that I'm praying and just pray it along with me. It's a prayer simply to be filled with the Spirit. Will, will you make this prayer, this commitment with me right now? Join me for prayer. Father God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Just, just ask him to fill you with the Spirit. And God, if there are things in my life that get in the way of your Spirit, would you show me what they are? and I repent of them, and I ask for your power that I might overcome them. And by a work of your spirit, would you do a transforming work in my life so that I love better, live better, so that I experience joy no matter what else is going on around me? Spirit, lead me into that experience of life to the full that you came to bring. 
And by a work of your spirit, make me a little bit dangerous as you make me an instrument of your peace, your love, where you, make, where you use me to make a difference in the people I connect with, wherever that might be. Come, Holy Spirit, and make me a new person full of your love. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.